Hello, hello, and hello. This is episode 14 of On the Movie Front Podcast. I am Robert. And I'm Michael. And Michael, how are you doing tonight? I'm fantastic. It's how a are horrible you weather outside. Well, I would say that, yes. It's really bad <laughs> it's, weather. It's pretty bad. It's been raining. It's been flooding. I hate floods. Anyway, this is Monday night on Monday. Monday, Monday, Monday. And we are here in the studios of Elmer Park. That's where we film. Oh, now everyone knows where we are. Damn it. Don't, don't tell anymore. <laughs> don't say anymore. Anyway, um... We're in a room. We are Don't tell them any more than that, though. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, what do we have for you today? We have some movie reviews. Our main, main topic is going to be an extended review of The Kids Are Alright. And then, you know, I feel like we've been kind of getting away from our movie games, Mike. So, yes. <clears throat> we have a new movie game for everyone that's listening out there. All you three we people. Do? Yes, Michael, we do. Awesome. It's called... Angel versus Devil. What? It's a little scary, right? Yes. I mean, it's going to be fun, and I'm going to explain you the rules later, okay? But for now, let's get into our movie review. Dun, dun, dun. Now, uh, unfortunately, I have not watched any movies. I, what is wrong with you? I know. Okay, you want me to explain? <laughs> I will explain. <laughs> there are a lot of sports on right now, <laughs> and I cannot... St- oh, someone's sick, aren't you? Excuse me. I can't stop watching all the sports. You know, ever since the NHL and the NBA playoffs started, which is a couple of weeks ago, I've been watching every single game from 7 o'clock to, like, 1.30 a.m. So I apologize. I haven't been really keeping up with my movies, and there really haven't been too many movies I wanted to see in the theaters, so I haven't even gone out there. This weekend was my birthday, so I didn't get to watch a movie either. I'm sorry. I apologize. That's all right. That's all right. You know, I almost didn't see a movie this weekend. I was surprised. But I, saw I went you. to Red Robin. <laughs> I saw that too. And, and Red Robin has this amazing deal, where they give you thirty percent off the movie ticket. Whoa! With yes. Are you serious? I'm dead serious. How come you didn't tell me this before? I didn't know it before. Wait. So you get a burger at Red Robin. Yes. And then they give you thirty percent off the movie ticket. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. All the time. Yes. You don't even have to ask for it. They just give you. Oh, well, uh, what you do is you actually buy, like, you know, and you buy, like, the gold tickets that they sell, like, the AMC gold tickets. Mm-hmm. So you pay them $7 for the ticket, which is 30% off of the actual price. I've been to Red Robin a few times, and I've never been offered this deal. I what did you do to I, get this I deal? sat next to the sign <laughs> that said it, <laughs> and then I asked about it when the waiter came over. And so I bought a ticket, and... Uh, I was like, you know what? I wasn't doing anything else with my Sunday afternoon, so I went to go see. Uh, could you have bought movie. like ten tickets? I could have. You had to. It's one per meal. Ah, so that's how they get yeah. you. I was there with my mom and my brother, so we got three tickets. Nice. Yeah. Very nice. I mean, but if I bought another meal, could got another ticket. <laughs> but no. then I would have just been wasting food. Yeah, that would have been bad. Yeah. I would have been paying too much. Although they do have unlimited fries. Which is oh, delicious. that is the endless uh, fries yes. baskets. Yes. Get the onion rings tower. No, we get the tower. I like a tower. The foods are pretty good, though. I do like. I like. Red Robin. I like a little red robin. I, I actually went. To <laughs> I went to Joe's Crab Shack for the first time. What? Have you ever been to Joe's Crab Shack? I don't know what. It, no. You never saw the commercials like Joe's Crab Shack. You get a bucket of uh, crab. You get a bucket of uh, beer and stuff like that. No, I've never heard of this. Okay, because it probably you haven't heard of it because it was only in about central South Jersey for the longest time until this past month. There's one in Clifton now. Sweet. Yeah, and uh, Clifton's like the powerhouse of food because that's where also the Red Robin is located. <laughs> I do remember. Yeah, I was. I was. I think I was coming back from uh, 
somewhere, and I'm like, oh, Sheen's at the Red Robin. I should go visit him. That would have been awesome. That's the power of Foursquare, everyone. If you don't <laughs> use Foursquare, you know where your friends yes, are Yes, once you check in, you get points. And then you can surprise people. It's it a is. lot of fun. It's also creepy, because you know where people are creepy. constantly. A little creepy. There are, I admit, there are a couple of people I follow that I just want to creep. Like, someone checked into Rite Aid, and I was, like, really curious what they were buying. Right, right. I would, I would ask them. Stalker. <laughs> All right, All right so, so let's get to the movies. <laughs> so you Enough went, with this chit You went to the movies with your Red Robin discount. Red Robin. Yum. And what did you see? I saw Bridesmaids, only because it was the only movie I basically hadn't seen in the theaters and that I was kind of interested in, mainly because it was getting such great reviews. I was going to say rave, and then I said great. I don't know. Rave reviews. Go rave. What? That would have been hard to say. Rave reviews. Rave reviews. I'm not good with tongue twisters. Mm, really? But you're right, because it was getting quite high marks on Rotten Tomatoes. Still 90%. 90%, yeah. It was pretty impressive. That is really impressive. So, yeah. So, I went to see Bridesmaids. So... Here comes my review. Review attack. <clears throat> okay, so this is a movie uh, starring uh, Kristen Wiig, also produced by the infamous now Judd Apatow. Why infamous? Because uh, he's more than famous. I, that's not what infamous means. <laughs> <laughs> I always have this debate about what infamous means. <laughs> it's not a debate; it's a <laughs> definition. <laughs> but everybody uses it wrong. Oh yes. So I continue to use it wrong. Alright, that's fine. Okay. So, he's infamous now. He was the producer, correct? Yeah, he produced the movie. Um, Paul Feig was the director. Paul Feig directed it. And Kristen Wiig co-wrote it. Wiig? Wiig? Wiig, I believe. Is it Wiig? Yeah. At two eyes. Really confuses me. It wigs you out. Sorry. <laughs> My bad jokes. I have to weave them in every now and then. Oh, I, I enjoy it. Okay, so it's starring Christopher Wig and uh, a cast of, of a lot of really cool people. Uh, names I can't remember, but I'm gonna. Um, there was uh, the chick from Reno 911. She plays a cop on the show. Uh, one of the the receptionists from uh, The Office. Um, this uh, younger actress from uh, Damages and uh, and other such shows. Uh, so there was a really uh, very strong cast of female characters, as well as a, a couple uh, really funny uh, guy characters that I had not been familiar with. And basically the movie is about um, Christo, Kristen Wiig is best friends with Maya Rudolph, uh, you know, from the SNL years. So they basically, you know, one helped the other get the role, or whichever way it was. And uh, so Maya Rudolph is going to get married to this guy, and uh, she asks Kristen Wiig to be her her... Maid of Honor. Maid of Honor. And uh, they, you know, Kristen Wiig is stuck uh, planning the party, pretty much. <clears throat> but the the real story is about, you know, their friendship, and um, Maya Rudolph has also become really close with the the female from The Damages. Uh, she plays, um, I think her name is Robin in the in the show. No, I'm totally wrong about that. Look that up for me real quick. What are we looking for? Uh, Rita? Helen. Plays Helen in, in the movie. You were off. <laughs> I was really off. I wasn't even close. So uh, Kristen Wiig's character is kind of competing with Helen to uh, uh, to I guess become who's the better friend to Maya Rudolph's character, and uh, so they go back and forth on this. Uh, you know, there's a hilarious scene in the beginning where they're both making speeches at the uh, at the uh, the engagement party, and uh, they keep going back and forth, and it's quite hysterical. And so the whole movie is kind of about Kristen Wiig trying to control her her life because things are not going well. She, she, her bakery that she had went under 
went out of business and you know she's uh living with horrible roommates and uh you know her relationship with her best friend is kind of like hit or miss and uh you know she's got Helen to compete with and she wants to plan a really cool party but she doesn't have much money and all these things so it was really a story about you know uh someone trying to find themselves uh and and having that relationship with someone that you're trying to hold on to as a best friend but it's impossible because life is moving on so it was a really fascinating movie uh... there's a ton of laughs in this movie it actually started out pretty slow i was thinking to myself in the first like twenty to thirty minutes that i was like oh you know i think this movie is going to be overrated but then it just takes a turn at some point you know and i wasn't really conscious of where that was and uh... you just start laughing and really enjoying the 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 characters of the sto uh, in the story and uh... You know, this movie got a lot of comparisons to The Hangover. It's like the female version of The Hangover, and I, I really don't think that's true. Yeah, they do some some Hangover-type shenanigans, but it's more about the people. It's a very character-driven movie, and it's you know it's all about Kristen Wiig and her kind of even falling in love in the movie, which I didn't expect to be seen. There's so much weaved into this movie that like you're never bored. It's always entertaining. And there's a lot of humanity in the movie. And so I really liked it. And uh, I'm going to give it a, a rating of uh, 70. Was that the one? <laughs> that, 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 is, that is definitely what I gave it. Hey, you're right, you're right. 70. So yeah, I would highly, highly recommend this uh, This for people out there to go see. Um, definitely older, because there's a very raunchy comedy. There's a lot Why of Why don't you tell everyone cursing. who you went to go see the movie with? I went to go see it with my mom and my brother. <laughs> Uh, definitely a mistake to go see it with your mother, especially sitting next to her uh, during a scene which, in, in which they're talking about, you know, giving blowjobs uh, to the guys, which was very hysterical. Without, I mean, okay, without spoiling anything, was there a scene that kind of stuck out that you thought was the funniest scene in the film? Because there are, like you said, there's a lot of laughs. I have yet to see the movie. I probably won't see it until the DVD, but I've been... Reading a few things and hearing a lot of things, so everyone has kind of a couple like things that I'm, I, you know, I'm really not going to give anything away by saying this, but the movie has a, a couple portions in it, small like five, maybe ten minute portions in it that feel like Saturday Night Live sketches. I, and I mean, obviously, you know, I say that because I know they're both from Saturday Night Live, but it, it's just got a setup like that where it's just kind of outrageous things kind of keep happening, and you're kind of like, this doesn't seem like part of the movie. But they do it really well so that, you know, you, you, you accept it as part of the movie. So one of those, there's like three or four of those sections. And when you watch the movie, I think you can kind of tell them apart from, from the rest of the film. Mainly because it's just repetitive in, in like the, the, the laughs that they're trying to get. There's this one scene, uh, and I, I really don't want to give anything away, but uh, Kristen Wiig is driving a car uh, and doing random things uh, pat to get a police officer's attention. And it's, it's hysterical. Uh, <laughs> I'm laughing just thinking about it. I can't give anything away, though, but that's probably my favorite part of the movie. Um, let's see. Do you think the title Bridesmaids was fitting in the film? You know, I kind of don't. I mean, like, yeah, that was a, a part of the film, and it has to do with that, but I, I would have gone more with, like, you know, I don't, I'm sure this is a title already, but, like, Maid of Honor. Because it's more about... it's more about McDreamy was in that movie, Mike. How do you not know this? I'm sorry, I apologize. McDreamy and Michelle Monaghan. Michelle Monaghan, okay. But it's it's more about Kristen Wiig's character. You know, it's not really about the bridesmaids. Yes, they're in it, and yes, they're cool characters, but they don't... Some of them don't develop as much as others, you know? 
And it is interesting. You know, I did hear that. That's why I wanted to ask you because, yes, when you hear the title Bridesmaids, you think that it's going to be almost an ensemble cast. Right, and yeah. they definitely, in the trailers, right. they pitch it to you like but that. But like you said, it's really Kristen Wiig's movie. Yeah, it, it definitely She's is. the main character. Yeah. She pretty much wrote it for herself and type of thing. Yeah. And, and, she and the other character of Helen is in a, a very big portion of the movie, uh, and she carries it really well. She did a really fantastic job playing the, you know, the, I guess the... Pro- the uh, antagonist of the story, um, to a point, um, and she did really well. But yeah, it's it's Kristen Wiig's movie, hands down. <clears throat> well, you you already touched upon it, but I'm just going to take it in a little deeper. You said the movie has been drawing comparisons to The Hangover, yet you don't think that should be the case. Um, are there any specific things, plot points, or characters in the movie that you you're like you know this is it can't be compared to the uh, the hangover because of that i feel like the hangover it, it, while absolutely hysterical is kind of like aimless <laughs> you know these just these guys going these random adventures and you don't really know what's going to happen it's there's not there's not a lot of structure to that movie really no, you know it's, it's just, just like these 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 certain events and the funny things that happen right, right. whereas bridesmaids is a very linear Storyline, you know, it, it's very clear, and you're watching people change and grow and learn and mess up and take a step back and, and screw up and, and then go forward a little bit. Sounds like you like Bridesmaids better than you like The Hangover. You know, I, uh, or you think it's a better movie? Maybe I think I think I think it's a better movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think The Hangover is funnier, um, but The Bridesmaids is definitely a better a better made film. You know. Because it's just it's it's very heartwarming at times, and the, the thing is, I I I'm not a particularly big fan of Kristen Wiig from Saturday Night Live. I think she's funny, but I was never wowed by her, and I didn't really think I would be able to kind of like her as a central character. And at times you don't, but I think that makes it even better because it kind of makes her seem more realistic, mm. you know. And and I thought that was really cool. Cool. Um. One major thing is that this is a Judd Apatow production, and he is infamous for <laughs> for making movies that seem to drag a little bit. This movie has clocked in at two hours and five minutes. Right. I think most of the movies that he has been involved with, including Knocked Up, including especially including Funny People, it see they're 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 pretty good movies. Yet they seem a little bit long, and everyone kind of criticizes him, you know, they could they could have made this a half hour shorter type of thing. Do you get that feel with Bridesmaids? You know, like I said, it was a little slow in the beginning, but but once it picked up and, and once the story kind of got, got off of its feet, I never felt bored after that. I was thoroughly enjoying the movie. I, I wouldn't have shaved any time off. I don't know, maybe there would be a way to make the beginning a little bit better, but I don't know. I'd, I'd have to watch the movie again to kind of judge that. You know, it, it it felt like they they had to set a lot of things up to kind of give you a picture of what was going on in this in Kristen Wiig's life before they can kind of take the story forward. But no, I really liked it. You know, I liked the fact that it was longer. I got to learn more about everybody in the in the film, and and that made it a lot more relatable. There were a couple of comparisons. Again, with The Hangover, but specifically the Megan character, the overweight, I think her name is Melissa McCarthy. Yeah. And there were a lot of comparisons to her and Zach Galifianakis' character in The Hangover. She seems to be a little bit more, like, I don't know, 
out there. Out there type of uh, yeah I from the cast. I mean, I guess I can see yeah. that. But Aside from them both being like fat. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know that I'd compare them to each other. I feel like there's always been someone in in, in movies since the beginning of time. You always have that character. That character that's kind of just. A little bit, you know, Whacked dumber, out. a little bit out there. I mean, I, I think immediately of Seinfeld and uh, Kramer, Kramer's character. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's to me, it's like that. You know, it's, it's exactly like Kramer. Actually, she's always doing like little things that are ridiculous, and you like wonder why. But then every now and then, she has that like nugget of truth, and you're like, oh yeah, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> <laughs> Do you? Will there be a bridesmaids too, Michael? I hope not. This one was too good. I wouldn't want a sequel. But you're looking forward to Hangover too. Well, I think that has to. I think I really didn't think there was going to be a hang. I'm like, how can they have another hangover? Yeah, it doesn't seem to make sense that there, there would be a sequel. And uh, I don't know. I, I don't see there's there's no way to really progress the storyline that much. I don't think that it would be as funny as this one was. Do you think this is, this movie is going to launch Kristen Wiig's movie career? You know, I don't think so. I I know that sounds weird, and I think she really works in this movie. You know, in a lot of different ways, probably because she wrote it for herself, and that's why it was so authentic. But I, I don't, I don't know. I don't buy her as a leading lady. Why don't you like Kristen Wiig? It's not about liking Kristen Wiig. It's, it's, it's the way she carries the movie is very specific. Mm-hmm. I don't, I couldn't, can't really see her branching out so much and being a lady, leading lady in a lot of movies. I could definitely see her being a supportive character, uh, in. Movie after movie after movie, but as far as a leading lady, I don't think that she really fits the bill. I I don't know. Maybe that's stereotyping leading ladies a little bit, but I just uh, yeah, I don't think so. Just and, just and she could only work in comedies. I mean, <clears throat> not that that there's anything wrong with that, but this seems to be a very raunchy R-rated comedy about women. How many... I can't even think of any other movies like this. I think that's quite a unique factor. Well, I mean, I guess you could compare it to Sex and the City. I guess, but... Okay, if you were to compare it to Sex and the City, like, are they at all comparable? Yeah, absolutely. In fact, they're very similar in a lot of ways. Uh, I think that Sex and the City, which I, I'll, I'll donate for having seen both of the films, one and two, and the whole complete series... Uh, I would try to make an excuse for it, but I don't think you guys would buy it. You have to explain so. donate, though. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Do I, how are you going to explain? Don, a donation... <laughs> how do I explain this? <laughs> um, well, it's something that... Would, it, it's an inside joke, but it's kind of become a lot broader. To A lot of people, I feel like, know this terminology of donating. When uh, you are admitting something embarrassing, uh, you say the term, I'm, I'm going to donate... Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> That's pretty much it. I mean, it kind of. I remember with like your group of friends, it was like when someone did something dumb yeah. and embarrassing. You're just like donation type of thing. Yeah. And then somehow with me, like with my friends, whenever someone did something gay or like with like kind of gay undertones, it was yeah. like you know you be- you have to donate for that, saying that, and it kind of just like meshed into one thing. Yeah. Know? Now it's all. It's, it's pretty much the broader like everything. Term. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> Sorry, what were we talking about before the donation? Sex in the City and okay. Bridesmaids. So Sex in the City is very much, you know, you have this group of friends, they completely talk about raunchy stuff all the time, they're, you know, they're big on talking about sexual stuff, and that's, you know, very similar to a lot of things that happen in this movie, but they're a close group of friends, and they go through changing and growing together, 
and I feel like that actually, um, you know, the, they're they're very very similar. I feel like this movie is better at being relatable to both men and women. Mm. Um, but there were definitely points where I said to myself, you know, because a lot of the advertising for this movie is like, oh, this is the female hangover. This is the, this is the movie for females, you know. Uh, and but guys will like it too. There were definitely things that you. I said to myself, "Wow, that that those moments are for women specifically. They are, you know, designed connections between two girls about you know stuff uh, that only girls could relate to each other about, you know." And I thought that was interesting because it's not something that I typically see, even in rom com, you know, romantic comedies and stuff like that. There was a couple moments where. I don't think I'd ever seen them in a movie before, which is kind of cool. But it was definitely like I said to myself, oh, I guess that's what it's like for women. You know, it, it is a weird thing to say, but it was absolutely honest and true. Cool, cool. Well, yeah, I think that is basically all we have to say, no? Yeah. Definitely. I didn't see the movie. I have nothing else to say. <laughs> I'm, I'm um, I would recommend you. that, you know, if uh, you're over the age of 18. 17. 17, 17 over. Yeah. But I'd say or you could just have your parent bring you, you know. Yeah, but don't do that, like I did. Silly me. <laughs> All right, so yes, bridesmaids. Michael recommends it, and so do a lot of other critics out there. We're gonna take a short break, and we're going to get into our extended review afterwards. And that is, the kids are all right, are they? I'm gonna play the Offspring song right now. Ready? One, two, three. <laughs> Finally got around to it. I yeah, finally watched it took the movie. Me you didn't see. Yeah, you did. Congratulations. 
once. Um, speaking of once, there's you know there's like a documentary about that movie yes. coming out right now. It, it played oh, in twice. the. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it played in the uh, Tribeca Film Festival. Yeah, I heard about it, and I'm not sure if it did well. I don't know if it's going to be released. I don't know either. I, I I heard bad things about it. Bad things? I just because like they wouldn't like let the real story be shown. Um, what happens if you've never seen Once? Once is a, a musical version of these two people falling in love, and I say musical because there's a, the soundtrack is them like singing. And you you see them like trying to come up with the songs throughout the whole movie, and it's based off of their relationship in real life. And or is it right, or was it that they fell in love making the movie about their relationship? The latter. Okay, so they fell in love, and then they decided to make this documentary about them falling in love. But during the documentary, they fall out of love and break up, and so they kind of allude to that in the documentary, but never really show it. I mean, the whole timeline of them falling in love and out of love was so weird. Because I, I assume that, like, even after the film was creating buzz and stuff, I'm not sure if they were, like, together or not. But anything, they, they said they were together. Because right. I feel like if they said they weren't together type of thing, right. it would have created some negativity around it. And so all the way up to, like, the Academy Awards, even afterwards, they, they toured together. And right. they still played together. And like you, you could kind of see that they weren't really that as friendly. As well, they when were. they started, they sang on the same microphone, and then eventually she <laughs> got moved to behind the behind the piano, like really far away <laughs> from him. Don't move from the piano. <laughs> yeah. So. so. Okay, so getting back to the kids are all right. But how do we get to once? I I like to uh, wander in my s- stories. Because you said the word once, and I, I just went with it. Now I'm just trying to remember why I said the word once. We're gonna have to. Well, I'm gonna have to. For once, you said. I saw a movie before you did. Ah, nice. Nice. Good call, good catch. All right, but yes, back to The Kids Are All Right. And this is a film that was nominated for an Oscar last year for Best Picture. It was actually nominated for four Oscars, so it got very good reviews, and we both watched it, so... What were the other Oscars it was nominated for? It was uh, Best Supporting Actor for Mark Ruffalo, Best Actress for Annette Bening, and Best Original Screenplay. Uh, Lisa Cholodenko and someone I think else wrote the screenplay. Whoa, we will. Well, okay. Should I get into the recap? Recap it up. If you haven't seen it, you can listen to the recap, but then you can turn it off if you don't want to hear anything else because we're gonna do a lot of spoilers, and we like to spoil movies for everyone. That's yes, one of my do. most favorite things to do. Just go to someone. Have you seen this movie? No. Well, this is what happens. <laughs> you ever do that to someone? No. It's messed up. I know. It's really messed up. Because I hate it when someone does it to me. Rosebud. Wow, okay. <laughs> Everyone just turned off their computers because of that. No, if you don't know what Rosebud is <laughs> by now... Sled. I just spoiled it. <laughs> it's like like the Sixth Sense type of thing. Like After that one year, you know, you get you get like a, a grace period, but then you just right. gotta... You, it starts popping up in TV shows and mo- other movies, so yeah. you have to... You the have spoiler to was Bruce Willis wasn't a cop. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Go ahead. All right. So, the kids are all right... This is a movie about a family, an unconventional family. There's two lesbians. they got two mothers. You have Annette Bening and Julianne Moore. Uh, Their characters are Nick and Jules, I want to say. There you have two kids, um, Joni and Laser. And then they live in California. They're actually a very happy family in the beginning. And then the kids want to meet their biological father. He was the sperm giver. He donated sperm and... Uh, the two moms they decided to take the same sperm and impregnate themselves with it and out popped out their children so they meet their father which is Mark Ruffalo surprisingly they all live in the same area so that was kind of very convenient for the movie but the kids all they want to do is meet the father so they finally meet the father and then 
everything kind of just goes apart after that happens. The uh, the whole entire movie is taking place in a span of one summer because Jules is she just graduated from high school and she's going to college. So basically, I say a three month period. This whole movie takes place in the. Uh, <clears throat> there's a lot of things that I love about this movie, Mike. I don't know about you, um, but I really, really enjoyed this film from start to finish. I love the characters. I love the plot. I love the dialogue. I love the the setting and the the cinematography. I loved the acting. The, I loved everything about this film. It was very... I, you can consider it a dramedy, but I, it was a lot more heavily with the drama. But there's still a lot of light moments. That's why you have to call it a dramedy. Okay. Because, um, I mean, the Golden Globes categorized it in the musical-slash-comedy genre. And I'm like, this is definitely not a comedy. Right. But it's a light comedy, so dramedy. I think that's where that word comes dramedy. from. Dramedy. Um, so, yes... Michael, did you like this movie? Because I already said I liked it about a thousand ways. <laughs> yeah, I did. I liked I liked the movie a lot, and you know I thought the acting was incredible in this movie, and I was really really impressed with Annette Bening in this film. I uh, I'm not too familiar with Annette Bening to be honest. Like I can't say that I've seen that many movies that she's been in. I mean I know she's uh, married to um, I'm so bad. I shouldn't have even brought it up if I couldn't. Warren Beatty. She's married to Warren Beatty. And that's like kind of how I knew her, you know. Um, so I was very impressed with her. Uh, Julianne Moore was also really good in the film. Mark Ruffalo was always awesome, and the kids were also really good in the film. And so it just made everything kind of like really worth watching. And uh, I thought I thought the storyline was interesting. And uh, later on, I, I want to bring up uh, a point about this movie being kind of what I call like a slice of life, uh, as opposed to kind of like your typical film. So we'll talk about that after we talk about the movie some more. Okay. I mean, I, I would agree with that little snippet that you just said, a slice of life. I like that. It had a lot of honesty, and it felt like... It just felt real. Now, the uh, this movie was easily coined as, like, the lesbian movie for a while because you don't really see too many movies that have uh, lesbians, not, not and especially about a, a lesbian family, two moms, you know, raising their kids and everything like that. But... I mean, after you see this movie, you really realize that the lesbian factor played very was a very small factor in this film. This could have just been a family about this just could have been a story about any family. But see, like, I kind of think at its heart, that's what the point of the movie is: is to kind of say, you know, and kind of show everyone like, hey, a lesbian, you know, like two two mothers raising a family is no different than any other family. Right, I agree. I, with I that. think that's like the subtle. Point, but I really feel like that's the, the, the to me that's where that's what the heart of the movie is about. You know, oh, yeah, definitely, I agree with that. And let's get into a little bit further with the characters. Now we have Annette Bening. She played Nick, and she's kind of like I hate to say it, but she was kind of like the guy, the the, the, the husband of the marriage. She was she was bringing home the money. She was a doctor. You know, she's very successful, very smart. And Julianne Moore's character, uh, Jules, she was she didn't have a job. Um, I'm not sure if she even finished college. Maybe she did, maybe she didn't. She was a lot more... No, she dropped out. She dropped out, right? Yeah. She was a lot less strict. She was a lot more fun-going. And she had, like, aspirations and dreams, but she never really took any steps forward with it. So you kind of have these two contrasting personalities. And together, they made a fun and loving couple. Hey, okay, guess what? Chris just came in, and now... Yeah, he did. <laughs> so, continuing with that... I want to say in the beginning of the movie they were very they were a happy 
The kids are, were good. The kids were all the kids right. Were good. <laughs> <laughs> the kids were good. The uh, the marriage couple, they were very happy. Um, and then Nick, Annette Benning's character. Should I just say Nick or Annette Benning? Are we going to just keep just on say saying Annette Benning? Should, you should just keep on saying Annette Benning, right? So Annette, Annette Benning, Benning is playing a guy? <laughs> no, no. Kind of. <laughs> she is, essentially. The, the, uh, but she did the in, like, the... Oh, right, okay. This is I'm the still there, right? Wasn't she uh, one of the people who played... No, uh, that was Kate oh, Blanchett. Okay. Keep going. Right, right. Okay, so... <laughs> what was I don't even know what I was saying now. Yeah, I forgot. Annette Benning. I'm just going to say something else now. No, okay, yeah, yeah. Annette Benning's character, she's more of the uptight, strict one. And she, she kind of had to... She was, like, overbearing her children a little bit. She Absolutely. was controlling um, the marriage in itself. And she, right off the bat, didn't like the idea, and her children knew it, didn't like the idea of her children going to find out who the biological father was and even, like, just talking to him at all. She just knew. She's like, that's going to cause a rift. That's going to cause problems in this family. And, you know, I hate to say it, she was right. Yeah. She probably, you know, forced her, the rest of the family to rebel against her and then, therefore, go meet him and talk to him. But she was right. This, every, right after they met Paul... Everything went downhill. Now let's go into Paul. You know Mark Ruffalo's character. He was he's very laid back. Pretty much seemed like a, an old hippie throughout the entire film. Absolutely. <laughs> well, what was that phrase he just kind of saying? He's like right on or something like that. Yeah, like, yeah, man, right, right, right on. on. Right every on. after every sentence, right on. Nice, nice. So he was he works at like a. a he, had, he owns, he his, a he owns his own restaurant that's uh, completely organic. Right, right. And they grow their He's own. one of those. Yeah. And um, so he, when he meets with the kids, it's kind of like your typical, you know, hey, dad, you know? It's not like he left them or anything. There was, there was, there was no attention, but it was just a lot of, like, interesting factors between that conversation. And you felt like Laser had a very high expectations for his father, while um, Joni didn't. But then it just kind of flipped around. Joni ended up, like, loving him. Well, both kids ended up loving him because he's a very he's very um, different from their parents. He was just a, like that laid back, you know. Let's do this. Let's, you want to ride my motorcycle? Yeah. Oh, my mom won't let me ride a motorcycle type of thing. He was kind of that. Absolutely. He was just like he he more like played the older brother to them than really like any type of father oh, figure. Yeah, I agree but which that. was part of his character. He wasn't matured at all. He was very immature. He wasn't ever in a serious relationship. And but that's one of the like his story along with. Uh, Annette Benning and Julianne Moore's story, like they all kind of just like transform throughout the entire film. Everyone went on their own like personal journey until you get to the ending, and that's what that's another thing that I loved about this film. Everyone, all the characters changed in it, and that's really cool to see. Um, takes place in California. That was so it was always nice weather in the film. I like that. Yeah, I like when they do that when they're barbecuing outside and stuff. Um, was it set in the present? Yes. Yes. I, uh, Chris has not seen this movie. I have not. He actually didn't know what the movie was when I told him we were going to talk about it. But then he's like, that has Julianne Moore in it. <laughs> like, yes, it does. Um, Sheehan, when I saw the movie for the first time, there was one scene that really stuck out in my mind as, like, after the film ended. I'm like, even when I was, I was watching it, I was, like, on the edge of my seat. I was, like, really paying attention. Did you have that type of... Well, what scene did, was that for you? Yes. I have no idea. When. Okay. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I'm completely <laughs> clueless. <laughs> we, um, Julianne Moore's character has an affair with Mark Ruffalo's character. Yes. Even though she's a lesbian. I know. Dun, dun, dun. I, I want to talk about that next, but keep going. Okay, well, you could probably talk about it now. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know what scene you were going to talk I about. I know you do. When Annette Benning finds out. 
Oh yeah, when she, when she figures it out, it was just it's just, when she finds out in the bathroom and then goes to the bedroom and she sits back at the dinner table and they're talking and then everything just gets muffled yeah. to a silence to a muffle again and then zoom right back and I'm like whoa. I, I'm sorry, I was gonna say, does she find out by herself? Like yes. she pieces things together. Yes. On they, her they go over for a dinner and uh, she goes to use Mark Ruffalo's bathroom and and uh, she sees like some hairs on. Uh, uh, on the comb, on the comb. In the, uh, the, the, the and then, bathroom, and then in the bathroom. Oh, okay, okay. but it's like she she's like that that makes her really like, really suspicious. But like automatically she doesn't jump to that conclusion. But she's right. like she wants to go investigate. So she goes to Mark Ruffalo's bedroom while they're all out like and eating dinner. More hair. And I then see, she okay. finds she finds not not well, only not, not more hair, hair yeah, the, uh, but it, I actually forget what it is. But it's some sort of like beret or uh, something. You know, yeah. like a scrun- hair scrunchie like on on the bed stand uh, covered with hair, and that's when you know. She's just like she's just like watching her eyes during that scene was awesome. I was just like, wow, you just—it's hard to portray a person like understanding what the person is thinking. Does the audience know that that the affair is going on? Yes, they know. You see that for like a half an hour, and it's ridiculous. Yeah, but um, yeah, yeah, I that scene when she finds her her sit down and like you you hear that muffled sound, like you said, and you just expect with every fiber of her being for her to just flip out at the table. I really thought she was going to throw us off. And she doesn't. And she just kind of stays quiet and it's like, like... Every muscle was just like tense. She's just like... I don't... You know, and like and like Mark Ruffle, it's right after like, here's some more wine for you. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I just... I can't imagine like, you know, just acting like everything was good and, and going through with the rest of that dinner. I mean, yeah, but that, that, that really goes to her character. She's a very strong and composed character. And yeah, she wasn't drunk. I mean, there was a scene... Before that, where she did get wasted and she made a scene, but uh, she wanted to control herself. So, what are we going to get at with the whole, you know, lesbian heterosexual fa- affair type of? You know, w- when I was w- when I was f- like w- during the movie, and you know, the first sexual encounter between Julianne Moore and Mark Ruffalo. Did you like Mark that? Ruffalo. Did you like that? Yeah, I, I was just like, no way, are they kissing right now. <laughs> I'm like, no, you're a lesbian. What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> the, I was I was so thrown off. I was like, you know. It doesn't make sense to me because, like, clearly, like, Julianne Moore is, like, you know, like, committed to her relationship, not only, but, like, you know, she's clearly a lesbian, so, like, it was confusing. No, it, it just, like, it didn't seem to make sense. You're like, why, why is this happening? And, you know, she makes comments uh, before and after this that, like, the expressions on, on Mark Ruffalo's face remind her of her kids. Mm-hmm. And so it's like that, you know, it's that familiarity. It's like you think you have a connection with this person. Uh, even though you don't, it's just kind of that, like, you see that, you recognize it, you feel, like, kind of, um, you know, like, through your kids almost, that you're, you you love this person. Almost. You know right. what I mean? Yeah, I know what you're saying, especially because it was his firm right, right. to make the kid, so... Right. I agree with that. And then, like, on top it, I, of that... I feel like it tricked her, you know, almost like those emotions, you're like, wow, yeah. this is this is someone I, I you know, I, I don't know them, but it's like, I feel like I've known them all my life, it's you know? It's almost like hormone, hormones. Right, 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 right. And then, I, I mean, on top of that, before that, they started making up for the first time, there was a lot of, you know, things going wrong with the marriage, and uh, she makes her the bath. Yeah, and then like you know it's gonna be a very like sexual scene and stuff like that, and then Annette Benning gets uh, tailed off with some work. Yeah, and like she's just like, do you even like me anymore? Type of thing later on. Like she really just didn't feel that Annette Benning had any more attraction to her, and that right, I right. think there definitely was so much snowballed yeah. too. I'm just gonna make out with this guy right here. Type of thing. <laughs> yeah, and you know, and also like it didn't make that much sense for Mark Ruffalo's character to like want to be involved with her. You know, well, I I I felt that it made sense. 
Because I feel like his character was a guy that always took the easy way out type of thing. Didn't work for anything. Yeah. And, like, what easier way than, like, he loves the kids already. He actually, he probably wasn't even falling for Julianne Moore, but he just enjoyed the idea of having a family all of a sudden because of it. And then he's just like, what better way of having a family than just getting together with Julianne Moore right now? We yeah. can just, you know, we can run away together type of thing. That was right. His, that was still his immature mentality. Right, I, I, and I think that became more clear as the movie went on, but at first it was like, oh, yeah. He was like, I don't really get this, you know. He, he would just make but it's just, it's just like, yeah, he doesn't think about things, yeah, yeah. you know. And like the fact that like out of nowhere, all of a sudden he decides he wants a family. It's like, you don't just decide mm. that overnight. Like, well, he loved the kids. He did. He loved the kids, but it is immature, you know, yeah, like yeah, which yeah. his character is, to like, oh, well, I love these kids. I'm going to, you know, get <laughs> exactly. these parents to divorce each other and, and, and have her run away with me. Definitely. You feel so sad for him in a way because he just doesn't get it, you know? Yeah, And uh, it's kind of, it, it, like I said, it's sad. Definitely. Um, what else? This movie was fun. No. Um, the, uh, I felt like the way Mark Ruffalo, um, kind of talked and all the scenes with him and his kids were in it were, were interesting. He, uh, he kind of had these hobbies that, that Joni really enjoyed, right, with the food and everything. Yeah. And he seemed like, you know, the cool guy that, uh, that... Or the, the dad, because like, okay, as the children, let's just think about it in the children's perspective. You know, two moms type of thing yeah. without the father figure. You know, that could. How old are the children? Uh, one's just graduated high school and, and one's, one's fifteen. 15 yeah. Right. And they grew up with the two moms. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, there's there's a lot of uh, testosterone that was lacking there. Yeah. And you can you can really just crave that. And finally, when she turned eighteen, she was able to call the uh, the sperm bank and to get the information about it. So yeah, I thought the interactions were very interesting between the children and uh, their father. And Mark Ruffalo might not, I mean, he didn't end up being what they wanted, I guess, at the end. Right, right? Because there was that, there was that interaction with the uh, the girl, and she was like, I just wish you were better, type of thing. Right, yeah. That crushed them. That was them, powerful. Man. That crushed them. The way, she's, yeah, the way that went down, but that's basically because his affair, or I mean, they, they find out that the parents, the whole family finds out the affair, eventually. And then, yeah, that's when everything just goes amok. Yeah, talking about that last scene, you know, like, when he... It, this is after ever everyone's kind of informed about the affair, and, you know, Mark Ruffalo comes back to the house, and, you know, you're wondering, like, what is he doing there, you know? Like, is he going to try and, like, talk to... I thought he was going to try and convince Julianne Moore to run away with him again, <laughs> but he really goes there to talk to Joni, the, the, the daughter, and uh, that kind of caught me by surprise, and, like, his conversation with her, like, you know, like, he's just, like, apologizing, like, he realizes how much he screwed up, but like how much he really wants them in his it life. It showed you how he really did care. Yeah, it really, it, that it his really made were legit. Yeah, know, not just like, hey, there's kids, I like them, they like me, and type yeah. of thing. And then she says that to him, how like you know, I just wish you were better, and uh, like, man, that was crushing. Like, I felt so bad for Mark Ruffalo. Um, but yeah, you just uh, you feel sad for him because he just doesn't get things. You know, he's mm -hmm. he's immature, but he's also kind of like. I don't know if idiotic's the word, but but he just is not intelligent. I know? think I think the the scene that made me realize that he wasn't yanking anyone's chains, and he actually did have true feelings, even though they were very um, misguided. But they were true feelings when you know the the chick that he works with was just like, oh yeah, you know, I'm drunk, you want to have sex, and he's just like, yeah. listen, you know, I don't want to do this anymore. I like someone else, you know, stuff like that. Like I was like, wow, okay, he actually does 
because the whole movie, I'm just like, whatever. He's he's sleeping with Julianne Moore. He's he's seeing the kids. It just seems like a, a perfect situation. That for was him. that was a huge thing for him as a character. Like when he stepped up and said that to to the girl, his mm-hmm. like uh, I think she was like a waitress or a hostess at the restaurant. He worked yeah. at, and he was like, like, look, you know, I'm I'm looking to like settle down and like move on with my life and have a family, and uh, and she's just like. She's like, fuck you. <laughs> and she, like, you know, walks away crying. But, like, I thought that was so genuine of him and honest that something you wouldn't see him really doing, you know? Right, no, agreed, agreed. And it almost comes out of him, like, impulsively. He kind of just kind of blurts it out, you know? Uh, but it was really, uh, it was really kind of cool. I, uh, what did you think about the, towards the ending, when Julianne, like, it was, it's the last night that Joni. It, yeah, it's spending before she goes to college, and you know they have. That's when you know Mark Ruffalo steps, stops by, and then he leaves eventually. And so, what did you think about that little little speech that Julianne Moore said while uh, Annette Bening and the two kids were watching a movie? She's just like, you know what, you know, I just want to say, I have to say something. And then she basically said, marriages are tough, they're a bitch, you know, you you, you, you spend your life with someone, and then you grow older, and everything changes, and situations change, and you kind of learn to maybe just tolerate each other then like the love might even fade but what you have left is just I, I don't like that was a, a pretty powerful speech I thought that was a little bit it was like here's this Hollywood moment coming up the whole movie I'm just trying to figure out like okay when is it going to get cheesy when yeah. is it going to be a little bit too melodramatic when yeah. is it going to I felt like maybe that moment was a little bit too it was just too much saying what the whole movie was about instead of showing yeah but I still liked it I still liked I, it I liked it I, I guess my <clears throat> I don't know if I'd call it a problem, but the, the reason that I wasn't in love with that whole thing was, like, I felt like that's not something you'd really say to your kids. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe that would be a speech that, I mean, definitely it's a speech that you'd give to, like, a net Benning in that situation, but it's like to say that in front of your, like, 15-year-old son, it's kind of like, I don't know, almost bad parenting. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, yeah, it's being completely honest with, with them, but... I don't know. It's like I feel like that's maybe something that should wait till they get a little Are older. You giving parenting advice, Mike. <laughs> no, but they I, yelled at Margaruffalo for that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, I don't know. No, what, I hear you. What do you, do I you agree you. with that? I, I, I'm not really in that <laughs> <laughs> any position to say about that. Um, I just, as a movie point, I was just, I thought that it was kind of stuck out as maybe they could have cut that back a little bit. The yeah. speech was a little long. It was kind of just like boom here's the here comes the conclusion after this type of thing um you know what I really liked in the beginning of the movie when uh when they thought their kid was gay yeah that was really funny. hilarious can I tell you something one thing that pissed me off about the movie <laughs> oh here we go <laughs> I know this is absolutely ridiculous but she fires the gardener <laughs> because he knows that like she and Mark Ruffalo are having an affair and she just fires him and like you know blames says you know accuses him of having a drug problem and like he just lost his job this guy was like relying on that and she just kind of like does she like feels bad but she's just like oh well i can't rehire him back now and i was like what a dick <laughs> i just felt so bad i felt bad for that guy yeah, you know? yeah he no, lost I his job bad. for no reason i felt bad for him too yeah that just kind of showed her like impulsive personality type of thing and just like frustrated, boom! I'm just gonna act on something. Oh. So, yeah, I mean, we're I don't think we're supposed to like Julianne Moore's character as much as we like Annette Bening's character. That's in the film. That's true. Though we can just understand that the, as the, as a whole, as the uh, the couple, you know, they have a lot of things to work out. And I guess we can get to the conclusion of this. Um, I kind of really enjoyed how this movie wrapped up <clears throat> because 
you know, a lot of movies, especially Hollywood movies, they, they tie all loose ends. This movie, you, you, it ends, and you're just like, they still have a lot of crap to, for, to sort out afterwards. Yeah. And they're, they're, just, they're not even close to being happy again. But you can see there is a glimmer in their eyes. Okay, they obviously want to make it work, but there, there's going to be a lot of trust that's been broken throughout the, the three months of the movie, and then there's gonna, let's see what it takes for them to... You know, there's a there's a good chance things might not work out. So I know, yeah. I, I mean, like they're, they're holding hands at the end of the film, right? Mm-hmm. I, I I was uh, I don't know. I guess ambivalent about that. You know, I I don't know if I liked it or disliked it. I just I thought it was interesting to to show that. You know, I I think maybe it would have been more powerful to not see them holding hands and and end the movie kind of like that. You know, it's like you really don't know what's going to happen with them. It's like I feel like maybe they're trying to give the inkling that like they will. Which is always a good thing. I like, I like kind of ending movies happily. But I feel like it's not really a movie that should have ended happily, per se. You know? Yeah, well, it was it was light. Yeah. So they wanted... To, it was really heavy for those last, like, 20 minutes. It was yeah, just yeah. lots of shouting, lots of crying. I'm like, oh my god, what's going on here? Yeah. So it's, it's good, after going through that, you know, nightmare-ish situation, kind of ending it somewhat on a light note. Somewhat yeah. on a happy note. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, we give our ratings for this movie. Did okay. we do that already? No, we didn't. Okay. Good call. I almost completely forgot about that. Michael, what is your rating for The Kids Are All Right? Well, I gave it an 82. Uh, right? That's a, Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh, double checking with my... Yeah, uh, we wrote it down beforehand, so... And uh, I'm going to give it an 86, because I liked it a little bit more than Michael did. Yeah. I, I like a lot of things about it. I love the mm-hmm. acting. I love the directing. I like the cinematography. You know, I, I just... Uh, I guess... If I had to say it fell short in something, I feel like uh, there were certain character things that we like talked about now that that could have been a little bit stronger. And right. But uh, but otherwise, I thought it was an excellent. Movie. Oh, definitely, it was an excellent film for what kind of film it was. Right. And so getting to that, what kind of film it was, you know, I, I had this uh, big discussion with uh, my brother Joe because we actually watched it together. Oh. Yeah. And um, and <laughs> that is kind of funny. Uh, my brother Joe didn't like the movie at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was he was like he's, he basically was mad that nothing happened, <laughs> and he just kept calling it you know like um, he I forget what it, what the term he was using it, but I, I I took his term and said well this is a movie that is a slice of life. It is you know it takes a portion of time in these people's lives and shows it to you and presents it in a realistic way and it's a story it's not so much a film you know and I compared it to like like you know when you talk about like The Godfather it's like that is like an epic film watching this you know this massive family and, and you see these tremendous landscapes and it's you know it's got more of like an epic scale and, and a huge arch to it like a gigantic arch whereas a movie like this is a very very small arch. It has one. It has a beginning, middle, and end. But the, you know, the like I said, like the arch it goes on is a lot slower, a lot smaller than something like The Godfather or or, or more bigger films like that. It, it sounds like this movie is more like uh, you have to enjoy the characters and the reactions of the characters and how they deal with seemingly small things per se, as far as like time it takes to happen. Right. You know, it's. It's okay, an affair that takes two seconds to happen, but now how are they going to react to it? You know, finding out about it takes two seconds to happen. Now they're going to find out about it. There's not much, like you said, story wise. So yeah. it's more, you more have to get into the characters. Right, right. No, I agree because when I was thinking before what I was going to, how I was going to recap it, 
after I thought about it in my head, I'm just like, what was the conflict? And yes, there were conflicts, but essentially it was all like internal conflicts, in, especially in, in the family. And a lot of things do happen, but it's just not like very significant. Right. And it almost like the whole movie is like a snowball until you get to the conclusion. Yeah. And it's just, yeah, it's just like a passing of time, what happens in this three month span of this family. Right. So yeah, it was good. Is this, I mean, I, this may be completely different topic for a whole other day that we can get into, but like, do you feel like movies, <laughs> movies more so now have that whole thing where you have to say, it was good for what it was, or what you expected it to be, or it was this kind of movie, like it's gotten so complex now that you have to almost have that state of mind going into a movie to make sure you get the most out of it. You can't just go to a movie anymore, sit there and watch it and enjoy it. You have to have that. Well, look, you knew it was like this, or you knew it was like that, or... I feel like in the last, like, 20 years of filmmaking, there's kind of been, like, a divergence uh, as far as, you know, like, filmmaking and storytelling, like we were just kind of talking about. And, you know, I I can't really pinpoint, like, where exactly it started, but, like, somewhere along the way, I I would say almost probably, like, with, like, uh, Woody Allen, I think, maybe kind of, like, pioneered this storytelling, you know, with, like, Annie Hall and stuff mm-hmm. like that, where it, it's just, like, it's just these characters kind of doing mundane things and just life, mm-hmm. you know, it's like you're just watching life, and now more and more we see these movies like Catfish and stuff like that, where it literally is life, and it's just kind of, li- you, you see that divergence to uh, more stories as opposed to, it's kind of hard to describe, like, like films, but it's like, you know, when you think of, like, Avatar, Lord of the Rings, you know, The Godfather, Gladiator. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. The, it's, it's a completely different thing. Like, those are films, like, yeah. is the best That's way to describe true. it. This movie sounds like that, I can't remember the name of it, but you reviewed it not too long ago that you saw in the theaters with Paul Win-Win? Yeah. Win-Win. That's what it sounds like to me. So like it has a very indie of. feel to it, yeah. about a family and stuff like that. Um, in addition to what you guys said about that, I think... Um, just recently, it's all about expectations, mm-hmm. and I think we can agree with that. And especially recently with technology, you have Facebook, you have Twitter, you have trailers that you can watch online. You have a sense of what you expect this movie to be instantly. Right, right. Maybe it didn't exist. It, maybe we, you know you couldn't really get all that stuff in like the '60s. So I think definitely it's, it's more p- prominent today where you go into a movie and you kind of expect things. I would agree with you, but I would actually disagree with you on this movie specifically because I feel like nobody knew about it until it was already in theaters. I never saw a trailer for this film. Okay. You know, I only heard about it when it was getting Oscar bugs, Oscar buzz because it was already released. <laughs> Oscar bugs. <laughs> right. All I mean, all I heard about it was that it's a lesbian movie, so obviously I didn't know what it was about. And yes, once it started getting good reviews and the Oscar buzz, um, yeah. You so know, I actually didn't even know it was a lesbian movie until after I watched it. Well, we we read uh, different blogs, I guess. So yes, we do. <laughs> we're not in the same blogosphere. Okay. Okay. Thumbs up. You Thumb. can't see it, but I got my thumbs up. We are done with that extended review. Next, we're going to play a lot of movie games. I hope you like them. I can't wait. Time. Movie game time. Movie game time. 
was beautiful, guys. We should become a trio, a barbershop trio. <laughs> Does it, those exist? Sure. They do now. Yeah. They. Did you try to say <laughs> the last word I was going I to I did. <laughs> I said it. I didn't try. Well, you said it, but it was delayed. You were delayed. Ow. Stop you playing po- with the Green Lantern ring. Okay. It's mine. And speak th- There's this awesome I want ring that is from the Green Lantern. <laughs> I wanted to pick that up so bad in the last segment, but I don't want to throw you off. <laughs> and then it lit up, so that would have thrown me off. <laughs> exactly. That it lights up. Good call. Cool. All right, so we're going to play movie games. Movie games. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what do we got first, Robert? We have a new game. What is it? Oh, okay. <laughs> it's called Angel vs. Devil. Now, what? I think next we're going to get some uh, Angel Halos and some Devil Horns, so... You know, it's, it's a visual thing for us, not for the, the oh, listeners, because okay. they can't see us. But basically, we have a pool of movies, and I made sure these were movies that it's most people the know. The movies are in the water? Yes, the water, the pool of... Oh, crap, I dropped the one. You dropped a movie. Can you pick that one up? I don't know where it went. Oh, God, don't... You're going to unplug something. Anyway, this game, we have a pool of movies. They are from the last three years, and they are all on the top 50 of the box office. So I figured everyone will know the movies that we're going to pick. All right. Okay? So what and do we have to do in this game? What we're going to do is we're going to flip a coin, Michael. Well, me, you, and Chris are going to flip this coin. We're, we are either going to be on the angel side or on the devil side. Okay. Basically, if you're the angel side, you're going to try to say why the movie that we're going to talk about is the greatest movie ever created. Mm-hmm. But if you're a devil... You're going to say why the movie was the worst movie you've ever watched in your life, and you want to gouge your eyeballs out and step on them. Okay. Um, okay. Okay? Yes, on the eyeballs. On the eyeballs. <laughs> what did I say? Did I say it wrong? I don't know. No, I was just kidding. On. <laughs> Thought? All right. So, let's, uh... Chris, why don't you pick a movie out of the pool? Drum roll, please. That's a mouth drum roll, by the way, for those who don't know. The first movie is The Hangover. Now, have we all seen this movie? Yes. Yes. Okay. Have you guys seen the movie out there? Okay. <laughs> so now, I, I, I think Tails, <laughs> Tails has wings. I think they could be the angel, right? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and his head. You can kind of see horns coming out of uh, the head, right? Out of George? Yeah, little horns, okay. maybe. Yeah. We have a quarter, by the way. So I'm going to flip this and see if I'm an angel or a devil. Okay. Ready? Set. Go. I'm an angel. Oh, wow. He's an angel. Here I go. I'm also <laughs> an angel. <laughs> oh, I'm the devil. You're you automatically the devil. The devil for the hangover. I guess we will go first Ooh. by saying why The Hangover is a fantastic film. I want to just say it right now. It's one of the funniest films I've ever watched. Ever. Ever in a watched. million years. Right? It, it, the, ensemble ca- the ensemble cast is phenomenal. There's nothing... I mean, Zach Galifianakis is... Every single scene he was in was hilarious. He, he's Debatable. Dropped funny. Debatable. <laughs> you wait your no, turn, Devil. Wait your wait turn. Your turn. <laughs> the, um, it was just gags after gags, and I don't remember having as much fun as I ever did watching that film in the theaters. Yeah. It, well, it was a, first of all, it was an amazing premise. Oh, God. To have Brilliant a, premise. I wish I thought of it. I, me too. These guys wake up in Vegas in an awesome city to wake up in. Don't remember a single thing. You got Tigers. You got Michael Tyson. <laughs> you have amazing things. Fact. Fact. Now, what do you got? You got devil? a baby with glasses on. Awesome. I, I, am I allowed to say I like the movie? <laughs> I, oh, okay. The movie was awful. I don't know what the over, overrated. I don't know how you guys can say this was funny, especially when I don't know what his name was. The little Japanese Chinese guy, that Kevin, Kevin Chang or something Kevin like that. Kevin Chang, yeah. Do- yeah. He's the doctor in uh. 
not no, up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's on community. I did not yeah. like his character. Didn't like his character. I wanted to knock him out, and I guess he was kind of designed for that. <laughs> but he was, I don't know, he was annoying. I didn't, he was a little over the top for me, you know, he got old fast, even though he wasn't in it that much. I just, I could have done without, not done without him, he obviously needed him in the storyline, but him in a different way. And I honestly, I don't like his character in uh, role models. I don't, like, when he plays that character, I don't like him. I don't like him when he plays that character. And that kind of ruined it for me. I mean, when he, came, when he ended up being in the bad guy, I was like, uh, I don't know. <clears throat> so Chris only didn't like the bad guy in the film. Yeah. So maybe the movie succeeded because <laughs> 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 the bad guy. But no, but it, like, you know, I just on a whole other level, I didn't like him for the actor. I don't like the actor in the movie. That was misplaced. I don't know. All right. They went for that, like, ridiculousness, and I didn't, like, I didn't appreciate it. Okay. So obviously the, the movie's great. Yeah, <laughs> and the devil, clearly, even if the devil agrees, yeah, not the, <laughs> even the devil agrees. <laughs> All right, let's move on. What's let's our move next, on. Movie? next one? You are I'll you pick, pick it. I'm, I'm picking it. All right, here we go. Twilight, the first one. <laughs> okay, Chris, have you seen it? I have not. But you can still see it. I can. I can. All right, why don't you flip? Hope I'm the angel on this one. What, you want to like it? Yeah, I mean, he is the angel. What do you want to like? <laughs> Masochistic. I am also the angel. Yes, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Teammate. I well, think the angel should always start. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's easier to pick apart a movie. First of all, this movie was amazing. <laughs> what are you, a 14 year old girl? Loved it. Loved it. Didn't have to see it. Didn't know I loved it. I mean, it. first of all, you have Taylor Lautner, hottie. Yep. Then, uh, then Robert Pattinson, hottie, <laughs> <laughs> and then you have Kristen Stewart, not too shabby. Yeah. She's not too shabby. That's what you're into. She, I don't know how you guys <laughs> like the guys, but <laughs> she was. Uh, first of all, her acting performance deserved Oscar nomination in this film. Uh, this movie combines werewolves and vampires, which is really tough to do in a medium like film. <laughs> <laughs> so it was thoroughly enjoyable. Uh, uh, they made a lot of money. They made a ton Successful, of money. Successful, obviously, if it's in this pool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> at the end of the movie, uh, Robert Pattinson uh, floats dancing, float dances with Kristen Stewart, and that is amazing. So, yay. Can I talk now? <laughs> yes. If you, you can try. I got the, I got the devil horns. If you think you can top that. <laughs> I got the devil, devil horns right now. Let's just say Twilight was a pitiful adaptation of a book that really wasn't even that good to begin with. It was poorly written. It was very poorly acted. Okay, yes, you guys kind of had something that where everyone kind of is beautiful in the film. But aside from that, Rob Pattinson can't act. Did you see how he acted? His acting was just staring at Kristen Stewart for three minutes in the classroom scene. I would stare at Kristen Stewart for three would minutes. Would you? First of all, Kristen Stewart is a crack whore, okay? She looks like a crack whore. <laughs> Second of all, she was just well casted. She is not a good actress. Every movie she plays, she plays this character. Just name a Kristen Stewart movie. She plays this character. She cannot act for her life. Casting? Yes, very good casting. What else? Vampires. Since all right, since when can they just walk around in the sun and not turn into dust? What? Mm. Why did they change they the glitter? Because they're angels. <laughs> they are not angels. Vampires are not angels. Um, the best character in the film was the father, which Kristen Stewart just mistreats horribly throughout the entire film. They go to Forks, Washington, a place where apparently there's a lot more vampires and werewolves that, that, that the, the whole town knows about. 
the violence was poor. I feel like for a rated PG the PG-13 movie, they could have gone a lot more with the gore, a lot more violence. The, the, the best scene in the film, this is why it is a bad film, the best scene in the film is when the vampires are playing baseball. Okay, that's all I have to say. Horrible. Horrible. <laughs> I did kind of like that scene. But that should not be the best scene in any film. Oh, well, you angels got nothing. No no reason to be so mean, Mr. <laughs> Devil. Stop yelling at us. <laughs> you angels. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, pick a new movie. Oh, I get to pick one now. This is fun. And the next movie is Zombieland. Ooh. I forget who's in this movie. Uh, Jesse Eisenberg. Oh yeah, Woody. Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson. Emma Stone. Emma Stone. And Abigail Breslin. I like Emma. I'm gonna flip this. And the cameo. Oh. Devil. Dang it! I wanna be the devil. You better flip heads then. Yay! Oh man! Chris is the so angel. Chris, Chris Angel. <laughs> um, oh, there's a, there's a lot to like about this movie. Uh, th- it was one of those movies that just balanced out the comedy, action, and horror. I guess it, it it did have it hit every medium. If you are some kind of movie fan, you're gonna like this movie. Um, I think it had a lot of surprising. Um, I, I guess you could say. Ca- the casting or whatever the actors you, you're kind of going in you'd be like oh Woody Harrelson's in it with, you know okay and Jesse Eisenberg you know him from um, well I guess he was in Adventureland was first yeah he was like that quiet and you're like okay what's he gonna do and I guess he still stuck to that role but it worked and uh, then you had <laughs> I'm awful with names Abigail Breslin was coming off of Little Miss Sunshine and she kind of played the quirky girl and in this one she was a little more grown up and I thought that was very interesting and and, uh, and then Emma Stone coming off of Super bad. They all were coming off of like recent movies, and you, they were very different characters. And how are they going to come together? And uh, then it just took off on this great ride. I mean, it was a lot of fun. Kept you on your toes. Like we mentioned, the the great cameo surprise. If you haven't seen it, I won't mention who it was. You should go see it. B.M. Just for that. <laughs> that was a great part of the movie. Uh, it just kept going and going. And every time you think it was just going you know, to wrap it up, it took another step. And it was just a lot of fun. It was just one of those fun movies. <laughs> First of all, Woody Hairless Son <laughs> had a horrible accent in the film. It I, wasn't even believable. It, I was literally I his character from the movie Kingpin, right. just transposed into a movie with zombies, which is unbelievable. Second of all, Jesse Eisenberg is like the quirkiest kid in this film. There's no way he would have survived in a zombie invasion. This movie is the most unrealistic zombie movie I've ever seen in my life. Plus, he mumbles. I can never understand what he's saying. Right? He's just so quiet and mumbles he, a lot. He's just, he talks really fast but mumbles. Just he mumbles, Bert. And then he just looks at you and expects for you to realize what he just said. I'll say, for the, for the record, Michael Sarah is a lot better than Jesse Eisenberg. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's not, that's not even a contest. Another uh, pet peeve I have with this movie is their subtitles. Well, not really so much as subtitles. Well, it's like rule number 20,000. Yeah, I don't want to see Don't step on a zombie's when I'm I watching mean, a movie. Right. It's movies about looking at things, not words. Like exactly. Movie. I didn't want to read anything. Read. And, okay, another thing, Abigail Breslin and Emma Stone, they are, they play like badasses, badass chicks, there's no such thing as a badass chick. They're yes, sweethearts. <laughs> there is no such thing. They will cook you brownies. Right, right. They should be not delivering zombies. me pizza right. and cleaning my carpets right now. Not, Absolutely. Not shooting zombies. But that's what made the switch so awesome in the movie. Well, I don't want any switches, Chris, in my movies. I want what I expect. Straightforward, no twist. Straightforward, no twist. I want 
Jesse Eisenberg to stutter. <laughs> I want Emma Stone to look hot. And I want Woody Harrelson to smoke a lot of crack. That is he what I want. He seems so out of place here. in this film. <laughs> he did seem out of place. He really out of Horrible place. Horrible casting. You know who, would I ha- who I would have play Woody Harrelson's character? Who? Ben Foster. Ooh. That, that, that would have been sweet. A better choice. I, I mean... Like or he's Jason another. Statham. He's another villain I wanted to punch out <laughs> in 310 to Yuma. Oh, I so love no, him. Keep him out of this movie. He was awesome in 310 to Yuma. <laughs> he was awesome in that movie. He was really good in that movie. I wish that was in here. Are we going to do one more? I said we do one more. All right. <clears throat> Who's All right. picking it? Chris picked it for the first time. He'll pick it for the last time. <laughs> what do we got? What do we got? We got The King's Speech. Now, have you all seen this? I have. Oh, well then let's pick a new movie. Let's pick yeah, a new one. No, you don't get to pick anymore. Oh, okay. You just lost here. Yeah. My chance on that one. Have you seen this? Where the wild things are. Wow, Chris is just dropping. Chris has not seen it. No. I'm the one who hasn't seen. Atonement. He doesn't watch. He's not seen Atonement. <laughs> don't don't read about that anymore. Movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna give you a silent Oh, someone's in those. I can talk about that. <laughs> we have the blind side. That's with uh, the big dude. Michael Oher. <laughs> oh. And, uh, and the... Uh, well, he's, he's who it's based on. I don't know the actor's name. Is. Sandra Bullock is the actress. Okay, where's the coin? Mike, Isn't I think like you ate the coin. No. No. <laughs> no, flip it up. Flip it up. Oh, my well, God. Isn't Horrible like a famous... Angel. Isn't a famous... Um, what are you trying to say right country now? Country musician, the other actor. Yes. <laughs> what? I am the devil. By the way, Wait, yeah, it, he's the, the husband is um. Oh, oh man, why can't oh, I think man. of his How name? I don't know this. This is crazy. I, I want to say it's like Tim Keith Urban or it something. Is, it is right? Keith Urban, right? <laughs> <laughs> I hope that you guys twenty no, million. No, no. <laughs> you, you, can take, you can take that back. <laughs> well, I swear it's a name. What is it? Tim McGraw? No, 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 no. Not not Keith Urban, but it is a Keith something. <laughs> it is oh, definitely oh, a Keith. I'm almost positive. It's <laughs> a very up. famous country music. Look it up. Because I remember being surprised. I'm pretty sure it is Keith Urban. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would. I'm You're gonna take that. I would bet ten dollars it's Keith Urban. Okay. No, no, okay. no! I can't <laughs> witness that. I cannot witness. I them. can't shake. Chris is so <laughs> certain it's not Keith Urban. Chris, start out. We're both angels, so we have to say how. Uh, obviously, it <laughs> stars a very famous Toby cousin. Keith. That's who it is. Is that who Toby it is? Keith? Toby Keith. Yes. It's Toby <laughs> Keith. Not Toby Keith. Um. Okay, no. I would it's Tim McGraw. McGraw. I said that yeah, the okay. first time. Um, <laughs> on a really serious note, it's a very, uh, it's one of those <clears throat> true, like, underdog stories. And I feel like you don't, you haven't seen many of those in recent years with sports movies. So it was, I guess you could call it a breath of fresh air, <laughs> but not exactly, I guess. <laughs> but, um, and it was nice that it was based on a true story, but you, you know, you go through the whole rigmarole of down in the dumps and picked up and right right it had your underdog story and it was a sports movie but also uh, a very serious drama mm-hmm. about the uh, the young man who just went through hell as a child and kind of just like you know came out on top with the help of a very generous and very charitable uh, woman and there was a lot of racism uh, themes in this there was a lot of uh, overcoming obstacles and let's just say that I really went into this film not knowing if I was going to like it or not. I actually didn't think I was going to like it. But I kept on saying, oh, this is a Lifetime movie. But it really wasn't. It was a very powerful drama. And Sandra Bullock, no surprise, won her Oscar for Best Actress for this role. Because she was phenomenal in this film. Uh, there was a lot of comedy as well. The little kid played hysterical to his like big black brother. That was hilarious. 
and yeah, there's there's not a lot to dislike about this movie at all, Michael. Fact. I'm gonna say all the children out there, cover your ears. <laughs> Who did Sandra Bullock have to blow to get that Oscar? She was h- horrendous in this film. I, First of all, her voice, I, I want to tear my ears off and feed them to wild boars when she talks, okay? She is just, I, I, it's like nails on a chalkboard. Secondly, uh, the guy who played Michael Orr was extremely boring. He had no personality. Uh, the movie was a mess, like, you know... Constantly going off on tangents of like, oh, he can't read, Wah. and then <laughs> how was that a tangent? <laughs> a movie. It was bad. I hated it. It stunk. Devil wins. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that was fun. Yes, I enjoyed that. Besides the uh, the thirteen movies we threw out because Chris didn't watch them, they weren't good movies anyway. Because <laughs> 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 King's Speech would have been sick. <laughs> um, moving on to our next game. Dun da da da. Flip chart. Battle. 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 So, www.flipchart.com, one word. It is a awesome website. <laughs> you guys are making me crack up. It is an awesome website that compares two movies side by side, and you get to pick which one's better. It keeps track of them on the left hand side of the website, and uh, yeah. I highly recommend it. They don't pay us a dime, but they're all more than welcome to. You know, from our 14 episodes, we only have 188 rankings. That's kind of cool, though. We had that many, though? Yeah, <laughs> well, we could be that well, many. We had that one 30-minute extended oh, that's true. charter. So, uh, here we Here we go. We have Heat versus Oceans 13. I honestly have that's not two seen two Al Pacino Heat. movies. I have not seen Heat in a I really long time. Ocean yeah. And I'm not gonna lie, I cannot really remember it. Heat. Yeah, he he was good, and I feel like Ocean's Thirteen was, it got more credit than it deserved just because Twelve was so bad. Like Thirteen was good, but I think it was good. In, like a lot of people were comparing it, and yeah, I think I think that I would agree with that. Gotta go with Heat. We're going with Heat. Yeah. Uh oh, that button didn't work for some reason. There we go. What is our next choice? We have South Park, bigger, longer, and uncut versus The Sixth Sense. Wow. <laughs> I know Chris is going to say South Park. Yes, I am. But <laughs> hey, Mister, I don't like twist endings. <laughs> <laughs> the Sixth Sense is obviously the better film, and obviously my more favorite film. Um, well, I got a big, we got a big wow out of Sheen for this one. So I'm interested I don't know to how he's going to pair these two movies. Ties. It's one of the best horror films ever made. I agree. I agree. What what is South Park the best of anything? Comedy is one of the best. I would think it's... Of all time. Doesn't matter. This South Park film is one of the best comedies of all time. I'm going six cents. (laughs) (laughs) That took way too long, actually. (laughs) Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. That's the second one versus Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters, hands down. Okay. Well, I, well, that's just me. <laughs> no, you got it because that was the that was the worst Harry Potter. Live free or die hard versus Pirates of the Caribbean: Dead Man's Chest, which I think Sheen admit was his favorite one. Which one was this? That's the third. Oh, that's the second one. I, second get, one. I can't I can't keep titles straight. Oh, you like the third one? The I best. like the third okay. one. The yeah, best. this is the second one. This is easily the worst one. Yeah. This is easily the worst Die Hard though too. But yeah, I think it surprised me. It, it wasn't was bad. Still, it was still good. Yeah, it was it was better than I expected. I'm gonna go with Die Hard. Me three. 
Did you say it doesn't matter? <laughs> <laughs> the Hangover versus Order of the Phoenix, Harry Potter style. Hangover. Yeah. Okay. The Nightmare Before Christmas versus Sin City. <laughs> Sin City, hands down. I have a personal hatred for The Nightmare Before oh, Christmas. Oh, this, this, we're going to argue right now, Sheen, right here for this one. There Will Be Blood versus Sin City. Wow. I, Unfortunately, I, I still wow. haven't seen Sin City, so... You, you can't... Come on. <laughs> that That Watch is... I've only movie. seen each once. These Don't are too, too much about them. I remember them, but they're good movies, apparently. Sin City. In my opinion. I, I love their They're also blood. totally off the wall from each other. Completely, yeah, completely different. different. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm clearly going to pick Sin City. I don't think I can pick because I haven't seen Sin City, so I'm, I mean, we're probably going to go with Sin City. We'll go with Sin City because he's so passionate about it, I can't really. He might cry it. if we don't pick Sin City. No, I won't cry. <laughs> Shrek versus Lost in Translation. That's an interesting cover for Shrek. I did not recognize that. This is a lot of names yeah. and little pictures. Um, I, I hate that, Lost in There is no way this is a real uh, poster, is it? It just looks... Like, I made it. You think they were trying to sell it based on the uh, names? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Before it came out, maybe. <laughs> that could be. Alright, so Chris doesn't like Lost in Translation. And Shrek was awesome. I'm going Shrek. I liked Lost in Translation, but I, I think I would pick Yeah, I'm uh, going Shrek. with Shrek as well. Shrek was really good. Okay, how about Shrek 2 versus Dogma? Oh, uh, well, I would pick Dogma. I don't even remember Shrek 2, honestly. <sighs> well, what would I press? I kind of like Shrek 2. Shrek 2 was good. It introduced Puss in Boots. It had Puss a little, boots. you know, they were kind of... It wasn't really centered around Shrek as much this time, right? It wasn't with, like, the prince and yeah, her. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it's a day adventure. I'm honestly not a gigantic fan of Dogma. That has such an all-star cast. It's got Chris Rock, Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, Salma Hayek. I know you, I, I know I yell about this a lot. I don't like the Matt Damon-Ben Affleck combo. I never did. I he don't like them. He doesn't like Goodwill Hunting. They are Oscar winners. <laughs> Oscar writers? Oscar winners? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm just gonna go straight. What have they been? What was the most recent movie they've been in together? Yes. <laughs> was yeah? Be, was Ben Affleck in? Um, you mean Departed? No, no, no. I don't. I, I feel like Dogma was the last movie they were in together. Well, no, Good Will Hunting was well, not oh, no, before. That was, that was before, before Dogma. It was Dogma, huh? Someone's gonna have to research that. But I think I'm gonna go with Shrek Two. What? So Shrek Two wins. <laughs> you guys suck. <laughs> Contact versus The Godfather. Oh my god. <laughs> Literally, Contact. Silence of the Lambs versus Men in Black. Oh, Ooh. Man, wow. Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, uh, I would agree, but Men in Black, black is like, <laughs> I'm going with Silence of the They're Lambs. They're not in the same category. So. They're not. But <laughs> is this supposed to be like Comes personal choice? <laughs> yes, yes, they are. Um, William Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet, the 1996... Is that the Baz Luhrmann one? That is the Baz Luhrmann one. Against the Truman. <laughs> <laughs> Against the Truman Show. <laughs> All right, so I'm gonna go. I would. I'm gonna say <laughs> easily the Truman Show. Yes. Okay. That's one of my favorite movies ever. Really? Yes. Hellboy versus Mission Impossible. I pick Hellboy. I didn't see Hellboy. I didn't like the first Mission Impossible. I haven't seen Hellboy either. Really? So we're going to pick yeah. Hellboy. Cause she's it's Guillermo del Toro. <laughs> oh, Aladdin. I didn't have to look at what the other one was. It's Boogie <laughs> Nights, bro. It's Aladdin. It's PTA. <laughs> I know where Mike Sally. is. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Aladdin it is. That's also one of my favorite <laughs> movies. Oh, God, how many times? No, let's, don't Let's stop. do two more. Well, if it ever two comes more. back up. It will come back up. I got to sneeze. God bless Cover you. Cover your ears, everyone. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm good. 
Something he just like snorted in, right? Mm. Alright, we got X2, X-Men United versus Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. I'm probably gonna get yelled at. No, I remember this. you told me you weren't too impressed with Crouching Tiger. Yeah, I, I expected so, a lot more out of it, and right. uh, I, I tend to like a lot more um, realistic kung fu movies. Yeah. And, and, and while the story was was awesome for Crouching Tiger and Dragon, I would go with X Men too. Okay. I, mean, I know people are gonna hate. Yeah, it's that. obviously Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. So <laughs> I didn't see Crouching Tiger. So we're gonna have to flip this coin. Flip it. Who Where is it? Did I lose the coin? You lost the coin. You want to flip this? Chris, do you have a coin? But you not have a coin. What happened to the coin? <laughs> we just had the coin. I saw it before. I mean... Oh, well. Oh, there it is. I have a coin flip no, app on my phone. Oh, here we go. Uh, heads is X-Men. Tails Crouching it is. Tiger. Crouching last Tiger. Last one. What's our last choice? Train Spotting versus The Exorcist. I don't think The Exorcist has lost a matchup yet. I don't. I really like Train Spotting. Yeah, so it's very good. But, but I just can't pick it over the you Exorcist. You can't. You can't. Chris. Yeah. Exorcist. Do it. And that, do it. That uh, about does it for the flick chart battle. Although, just we're gonna do this one for fun. <laughs> Jurassic Park three versus Training Day. You know, Jurassic Park three was on TV the other day. Did you watch it? No. But I like Jurassic Park three. I, the, my biggest gripe with it is it ends so abruptly that it makes me angry. Otherwise, the movie is really good. The worst Jurassic Park. The worst? Mm. You really? like you like the Lost World least least lesser? <laughs> Is that a word? I, I really had not. I don't have a problem with Jurassic Park three. I liked it a lot. But you wouldn't say it's the worst one out of the three. I guess I would. I don't. I guess. And it's yeah, I guess training so. day. We're going to pick training day, right? Yeah, I'd pick training, training day. Also. All right. Well, thank you for listening. We played a lot of fun games. I hope you enjoyed listening to us play games. We laughed a lot. We did. I know you guys had fun. Laughing is good. Nothing is fun. Okay, so we are going to end it here. But next contact week. us, guys. Write us some emails. Oh, good call. Okay, the email address is on the movie front at hotmail.com. We are also on Facebook. That would be facebook.com slash on the movie front. Also, visit our blog, which is otmf podcast.blogspot.com. Did you get that all? Did yeah. I miss anything? Do we have a Twitter? We do not have a Twitter. We do not have a Twitter. We are not going to get a Twitter because we have a Facebook. Yay, Facebook. Please like us on Facebook. If you haven't already. Oh, uh, yeah. Like us, just create another Facebook account and then like us again. Ooh, we uh, should do it, actually. <laughs> I tried. <laughs> Did you try? Yeah, I tried. I tried make creating fake names like Freddy Krueger. <laughs> well, they won't accept that. I know. Uh, <laughs> you got to catfish it up. I know. Oh, man. Okay. Did we just spoil the movie for Chris? Dun dun dun. What are you talking about? <laughs> dun dun dun. Alright, so. Join us next week. What are we gonna watch next week? We will talk Should we about say something right now what we're gonna talk about next week? Yeah. Pirates of Lock the Caribbean. You guys haven't been keeping up your promises. <laughs> yeah, that's why I don't think we should. I'm gonna try and watch Pirates of the Caribbean. I'm gonna try to watch uh, Midnight in Paris. And we are going to try to discuss Blue. Are you gonna watch Blue Valentine? I will do my best to watch Blue Valentine. <laughs> Because you went to Blockbuster and they it wasn't didn't have it. They didn't have it. It was Tuesday it. when it should have came out. Right, and then they said coming soon, which usually means the next week. So next should tomorrow. Be tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So those are the movies that we're going to say that we're going to review. No guarantees, but I guarantee it. Yeah, that's what I like to hear. <laughs> are you guaranteeing the no guarantees? <laughs> that's for you guys to decide out there. Damn. In podcast land. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks for listening, Adios. You guys rule. <laughs>